1: This is a Gear Network production. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: it's your boy, Mr. Perez, and you're listening to the Better Live Than Dead podcast
1: brought to you exclusively on Gear Network. Listen in. Hey, friends. It is episode number 70 of the Better Live Than Dead podcast.
0: Episode seven zero. That's awesome.
1: We're here today talking to you. It's, it's a morning, uh, Wednesday morning. It feels like a Thursday, but, you know, unfortunately, it can only be Wednesday as of recording time. Uh, I am Ryan Wolf, at WolfBLTD on Twitter. Joining me on the line is uh, Ms. Perez, at MRLG Perez on the TweetBots.
0: Good all, peoples, Ryan, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I'm finding, I just found a spider sitting on the chair that i like to sit on so i'm never going to sit in that chair again <laughs> just throw that one in the garbage i guess burn it down you i don't mess around man like i don't like spiders i don't i don't mess with spiders like you do you you do you man i don't care but yo, know, if you're going to sit in my stuff i'm just never doing that again
0: yeah but at least at least lose your chair in your house and you're not like that lady about two months ago that made the news because a spider jumped on her, like fell on her shoulder while she was in her car and she literally jumped out of her car while the car was running with her like 10 year old son in the back seat
1: well that's just pure stupidity that's like dumb ass dumb ass
0: and then the car crashed like into a bus like it was bad
1: like how stupid do you have to be to do that? Like, yeah, if a spider falls on you, slamming your brakes. Like, don't jump out your car, you stupid ass.
0: Dude literally jumped out the car.
1: <laughs> that's that's stupid. That is dumb. Yeah, well, hey, I yeah, I want to I, sure. I, I want to save the, the chatting for later because, like, I I know we discussed before the podcast, and we'll just put it out there. Now we don't have much time today. Um, we were going to do this last night, but obviously. Um, you, Lewis, are feeling a little over the weather. You still are. So I'm at least glad yes, that you're here with us right now to, to get this taken care of. But um, we'll try to get this podcast done as as quick as possible and get as as much good information in it for you. Cool. Let's do it. Starting off in Major League Soccer, we have the finals have been set for the MLS Cup last Sunday. FC Dallas-Portland Timbers tied 2-2, which means Portland moves on 5-3. to They'll make their first appearance in the MLS Cup. And the New York Red Bulls defeated the Columbus Crew 1-0. But as I said, with aggregate scoring, Columbus had a 2-0 lead going in. So although Columbus or New York won won 1-0, Columbus still moved on to the finals 2-1 for their second-ever appearance. They they showed up in 2008 and they won. So this Sunday, 4 p.m., December 6th on ESPN, you have the Columbus Crew versus the Portland Timbers for the MLS Cup. That should be a very fun matchup to watch for sure. Uh, moving over to the NBA, big, big, big news out of basketball this week. Kobe Bryant announces that he will retire, uh, retire following the season. Lewis, do you think it, he waited too long to retire, or do you feel that the time is right for Kobe to leave? Uh,
0: you know, he might have waited the season too long, but, you know, 20, $24, $25 million. Dollars. I would probably stay another season, too, but now this is a good time to leave because he's been looking horrible, and he obviously listened to our podcast last week, where we said he should retire, and he and he's taking our advice.
1: Yeah, he he wrote a nice poem too to to tell people that he was quitting. I mean, I I feel like if he didn't injure himself a couple of years back, he probably would have retired then. But it seems to me because he's been hurt lately, he wants to go out on his own on his own volition. He wants to be the guy that says, I'm done, not have someone say, look, you can't play anymore because your knees are shot or you can't hit a jumper, you can't hit a three-pointer. Um right. Or, or someone, someone's not saying, we're going to cut you. If, you know, hey, we're going to cut you or you're going to retire. You make the choice. It's him saying, you know what? The game has passed me by. I'm not as good as I once was. All that stuff. So we'll see. It'll be interesting oh, Excuse me, to see how the season plays out I'm assuming Kobe stays with the Lakers, um, but, I mean, if he starts to play good midseason and, and the trade deadline pops up and a team may want to use him, I mean, I would see why not, you know. It'd be crazy to see Kobe take a lesser role with another team, but if Kobe wants to win one more championship, you know, maybe he does that.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't see that happening. He's no, I don't, I don't either.
1: I, I think he'll, so, he'll stick with the Lakers, he'll, he'll tough it out, he'll play the rest of the year, and then he'll retire a Laker
0: you know he's one of the few individuals in 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 the NBA history that's really been able to say that he played his entire career with one team. Yeah. You know, he's I'm the concerned. longest
1: he's the longest tenured basketball player with one franchise ever.
0: Yeah, so so good for Kobe for that and and you know good luck in your future endeavors.
1: The Apparently he watched to Apparently he wants to. Sorry, he wants to be a businessman outside of basketball. Someone who wants to be known for something other than basketball. So it'll be interesting to see what Kobe Bryant does once he leaves basketball. But I don't put it past him. I don't put it past him to to become a, a very successful businessman.
0: No, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. But I mean, it just shows. It goes basketball. to show that basketball, especially, is a young man's game. Once yeah. you reach a certain period, you know, you just can't keep up with everyone else.
1: Well, it doesn't matter how good you are. At some point in time, the game will pass you by. Exactly. It's kind of like what we see with Peyton Manning. It's like what we see with Peyton Manning in the NFL with Tiger Woods in golf. Um, You you see it, and then someone, you know, you know someone, it's just going to pass them by. And like I said, you know, they they have to make the tough decision to walk away.
0: Time always wins.
1: Now, I'm going to ask you about Golden State, but first I want to let you know I'm going to need you to talk for a second. I have to go plug my computer in because uh, I forgot to before we started. But Golden State don't watch
0: the battery to die.
1: No, 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 no. Golden State becomes the first NBA team in the history of the league to start off 16 and 0. As today, recording time on Wednesday, the second of December. Happy December, by the way. Second of December, they sit at 19 and 0. Standing between them and 20 and 0, the Charlotte Hornets. First off, does Golden State go to 20 and 0? Second off, Lewis. How impressive has the start of the season been for the Golden State Warriors?
0: Well, you know, when, when they ended last year, they went on that run. They won the NBA championship, and they did it in pretty impressive fashion. Uh, the start off the season the way they have, as we said, it's the NBA record. They're 19-0. That's never happened before in the history of the NBA. Uh, they just look like a team on a mission. They're probably, if things, if they can stay healthy, if things keep going the way they're going, uh, they might win a second NBA championship this year. While the Cavaliers still look like they may be the team to beat the East, uh, they're not going to beat this team. Uh, and when they play against the Hornets, uh, they're they're going to go to 20. no I mean, that's just. No doubt about it. Charlotte doesn't have the manpower to stop them. Of course, they they did have a scare the other night when they almost lost, but they were able to pull it out in the last couple of minutes. Uh, so the start by Golden State is just unprecedented, and, and they're the do showtime time on the, in California. I mean, that's the team you want to see
1: right now. All, all, of, the, all of the wins, yeah, all of the wins are going. To Steve Kerr so Luke Walton like Luke Walton was named coach of the month with a zero and zero record but obviously he's 19 and0 in the month uh, that's gets kind of funny but because it's, it's a technicality because Steve Kerr is available for I believe uh, after practices and something like that like practices and something else he's getting he's getting credited with the victories but Luke Walton definitely has opened up some eyes in his in his coaching tenure with this team.
0: Right. No, I mean, what's been going on is super duper impressive.
1: I'm just and trying to get. I'm trying to get exactly why. Exactly why. Um. What the what the rule is? Oh, uh, I guess it does it not say here?
0: Curry looks like he's the best player in the league right now.
1: Oh, he's he's hands down the best, the best. The best in the league.
0: They're good for Curry. Good for Curry. I mean, yeah. I like well, I guess I,
1: to look at looking at looking at Golden State, um, they've they've got a tough matchup against the Hornets. The Hornets have have uh, been very good defensively as of late, but then again, it's the Warriors. And they're phenomenal. Yeah. So so we'll see how that one works out. But I I mean honestly, I think, you know, I, I certainly do think that they're gonna hit twenty no easily. I don't I don't know when they're gonna lose, honestly. I mean, they'll probably have a bad night here or there. But there's at this point in time, I mean, they're on pace to, to set the record for most wins in an NBA season.
0: Well yeah, which will be highly impressive. Because uh, I believe the people who own it now are the Bulls, right? Yeah. They they they, they what but you know, Michael Jordan and say they and this team looks like they might have been able to beat Michael Jordan in their heyday. You know what? I'm going to scratch. No, no, they no, don't. No, no. Because if Jordan hadn't retired, they could have easily won eight championships in a row. Um, but this team looks like they would have given them a run for their money at least. And in today's world of of NBA players where they don't play defense like they used to, um, you don't see the killer instinct like you did back in the day uh, except for when these, with these Golden State Warriors. Uh, they they might set the NBA record for most wins in a row, but I feel like the competition level when I was younger was much greater than it is now.
1: There's a lot more pure shooters, I, I think, this day and age, and, and I'm not too sure if, if the defense is as good. Um, not it, for a it,
0: little bit. It's In my opinion.
1: Yeah, it's it doesn't seem like the defense is very. I mean, if you get if you have a team of great shooters, you're going to pretty much be impossible to beat, no matter who you come across. I mean, that's just how it seems in the stand age of basketball. Again, I don't watch a ton of basketball, but that's just what it seems like to me. Like you get in a hot streak and you just can't be stopped, no matter who you face, no matter what night it is, no matter where you're playing the game. Uh, as as long as you can get into that that rhythm, you're fine.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Now, I want to move over to NCAA football real fast. Um, I'm sure you saw this, Lewis, but LSU has decided not to fire Les Miles after all. Apparently after, the, you... Go
0: ahead.
1: Apparently after the gigantic uproar of fans, being uh, fans, players, alumni alike being angry, the school said, you know what, maybe we won't fire him.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they not want to fire him anyway. One of the best coaches you've had in the the history of your your college. Uh, He's a legend in the coaching world. It made no sense to to fire him in the first
1: place. Like we said, it's because he's not Nick Saban. That's all. I mean, everybody else destroys. He has trouble against Alabama, which everybody does. And then they were just like, you know, hey, maybe we'll get rid of him. Maybe we'll bring in someone else who can do better. And that's not going to work. Les Miles is your best bet
0: because
1: Les Miles is an awesome coach. I I agree. I certainly do agree. No. Uh, University of Georgia fires Mark Richt. He is likely headed to the University of Miami as of Tuesday night. That was the rumor, the The strong rumor, that he was headed back to his alma mater to be the head coach. But the, uh, the most exciting thing about that for University of Miami fans, if it does happen, is that Mark Richt has a very powerful quarterback prospect yeah. Uh, who decommitted from the University of Georgia when Brick was fired? So, if Mark Rick goes to Miami, quarterback will follow him to Miami. So that could be good news for the for the U, who has struggled mightily in the past handful of years.
0: That's true, but and the U has um, they've changed their you know recruiting structure. Uh, I don't know if you ever seen the thirty. 30- Four thirty.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, dude. That was that was bad.
0: On you, but I mean, and what they what they
1: used to do was horrible.
0: I, you know what? I, I don't know if I agree that it was horrible. I think it was genius. I mean, the, the coach understood that the players they were recruiting were soft and they were not good, and he understood that around the college was, you know, a bunch of inner cities filled with awesome football players and he went and recruited those guys and, and created a you know, a dominant dominant team that lasted for years and you just don't really see that happening anymore and, and you know, the U has struggled and they're not used to those struggles.
1: I was just more pointing to the fact of how, what they did to get those players and how they kept those players happy. That's what I was talking about being bad. Where well, they, yeah, just turned, they're, they, they're, they just turned they, they essentially said, you know, hey we're winning games, I don't care what we do to make the players happy. how we keep them on our side. Um, we'll just do what we have to do and turn ahead to it and that documentary yeah. really opened up some eyes absolutely. I mean that was part of the reason you struggled so much is because they took so much away from them and they and they put so many sanctions on them that it right. kind of it kind of strangled the organization but if they get if they get Mark Rick, they may take a couple years, but I, I don't see why they wouldn't be back in the national spotlight soon. He's a great coach, just again, you fall in some hard times and you have to adjust you have to adapt or die essentially.
0: Yeah, no, that's very true.
1: Also, last thing, big news out of USC this week. They promote interim head coach Clay Helton to full time status. So apparently, uh USC was very interested in, in, in Chip Kelly, but USC got in touch with a couple ex Trojans that played with Chip, poor Chip Kelly on the Eagles, and they did not speak very highly of Chip Kelly, apparently, which in turn yeah. led to this decision to make the interim head coach full time head coach. Now, I'm not sure if that's totally true because, you know, the internet is full of lies and half truths, but it would make not sense. The internet. It would make sense. I mean, it, that's something where you look at the rumor mill and you're like, You know, Chip Kelly is probably done in in Philadelphia after this year. Um, Is he going to go back to school? Well, right now, all the schools he would go to, USC, LSU, are patched up. Um, I mean, at this point, it's funny because remember who Chip Kelly wanted so bad in the draft last year? Who do you want? Marcus Mariota. What coaching job is wide open right now? Tennessee. Tennessee. So most likely, I'm guessing uh, Chip Kelly is uh, going to be the next head coach the of the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I, I'm I'm guessing that's my, that's that's. I saw the dots connected on the internet on, on Twitter a couple weeks ago or a couple days ago. Sorry, and uh, it makes too much sense to ignore. Like if Chip Kelly gets fired, which again I I'm quite certain he's going to. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But that could be a spot where he ends up. But anyways, USC has a new head coach, um, and that's big for them. Now let's move over to the National Hockey League. Two two news updates on some goaltender injuries. First off, uh, Montreal goaltender Carey Price suffers a setback. He came back and got hurt again. Uh lower body injury. He's out a minimum of six weeks. He reportedly had knee surgery, uh, a scope on his knee on Monday, which is not good news, but... From what I gather, it was an injury uh, caused by a a mishap in a warm-up where he stepped on a hockey puck, and he played, and the injury just got worse and worse and worse to the point where he couldn't play, sat out some time, thought he was healthy, came back, and re-aggravated the injury. So he'll be out a while, but the Canadiens' hot start should help them, allow them to coast if they do fall back to earth without Carey Price and net. Um, But besides that, I mean, it's it's, it's a tough, tough break for the Canadiens, but... Maybe if anything, it'll keep Carey Price fresh. So when when the playoffs roll around, um, the Canadiens aren't beat to absolute crap like they usually are. That's true. Yeah, they're very. The Canadiens are very good at being good during the regular season, but when the playoffs roll around, they're just they're just a tire fire, and that's that's kind of been their mo the past couple of years. And uh, which is weird for a, a franchise that's been so successful as the Canadiens. But I digress. Uh, yeah, yeah. One, one last thing before, before we move to baseball. You got something?
0: Yeah, I was going to say it's always a uh, a shame when you have a very dominant team during the regular season, but they crap out during the postseason, kind of like David Price.
1: We'll talk about that. Uh, but with a team where you have Max Pacioretty, you have P.K. Subban, you have Max what was I gonna say Max for? I was gonna say Max Pacioretty again. You have Carry Price, Max Pacioretty, PK Suban, among other players, and you still can't get it done in the playoffs. That sucks. Yeah. One last thing. Buffalo goaltender Robin Leonard suffers reportedly suffers a minor setback. Uh his return has been pushed back to around mid to late December. Uh not not too great a news for the <laughs> Buffalo Sabres, but they're they're continuing in net with um with with Linus Olmark. And Chad Johnson kind of, but Chad Johnson is more of a backup at this point. He's 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 settled back into that role. Uh I mean, once once Leonard returns, as long as Leonard is effective, it's his team. Uh Omar will end up back in Rochester where he'll continue to develop. But if Omar continues to develop the the rate he's developing right now, uh he could be challenging for the starter position next year, the year after. Um I mean he got he kinda got pushed into a tough spot this year. Uh he, he had come off of Double hip surgery in the off season had only he'd never played a, uh, as many games as he's played this season is how many he's played in North America in his career so it's it's a different game different style to get used to but he's played very well for for a young kid uh, so so we'll see how that one works out but like I said Leonard's in a boot again uh, working on coming back from his high ankle sprain uh, like they say man high ankle sprains they're they're nasty injuries you know it's people think that it's just yes, they are. They think it's just a simple, oh, I rolled my ankle, I'm going to be fine in a couple of weeks with some rest and relaxation. It doesn't work like that. No. Now let's talk some baseball. Let's do it. We're, we're, we're making progress to this podcast very quickly. We're about 20 minutes in, and we've got two things left, baseball and football. But first, Major League Baseball, some big news this week. First off, they're saying in 2017... A regular season major league game could be played in England. Really? That would be interesting, because I'm not sure where they would play. I don't know. But they would play in England, nonetheless. That would be interesting. If they,
0: if we're, like one of the cricket stadiums,
1: too. They, they probably would do that. That's what they did in Australia. They took a cricket stadium and, and turned it into a major league baseball stadium for a couple games. And it looked really yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty cool. It's nice that it'll be in England because England is only six hours ahead, where Australia, it was like you had to wake up at 4 a.m. for right. a 3 p.m. start the day after. It's just it's way too confusing for me. <laughs> the Houston Astros deal Jed Lowry back to the Oakland Athletics where he played for a handful of years. Interesting move, but... Lowry kind of fell out of sorts when he got injured in Houston, and he's been passed over by other players. So obviously they don't, they have no use for him. Send him somewhere that, to a team that needs him, and Oakland right. certainly could use him. That's for sure. Uh, Detroit makes the big move of the the first big move, I should say, of the off season by signing pitcher Jordan Zimmerman to a six year contract. Now, I didn't I didn't expect Zimmerman to sign in Detroit, but you know. A team that needs better pitching, that needs to get better all around because they they struggled last year with ineffectiveness and injuries. Zimmerman should bring a little more stability to that rotation. Um, I mean, obviously, if Verlander's better next year, which that may not happen, but if Verlander's better next year, your team is going to be better no matter what. Um, A healthy Victor Martinez, a healthy Miguel Cabrera, coupled with a very, very good Jordan Zimmerman. I mean... He was a little cheaper. That's be
0: a dangerous. Uh, that's be a dangerous rotation.
1: Well, it's a dangerous rotation, but it's also a very tough division. So they need the pitching. I mean, because you've got the Twins that's who true. almost they messed around and almost made the playoffs last year. You have the Royals, are your defending World Series champion, been to two World Series in a row, and then you have the Tigers. So it's not a very it's not a very easy division, no. but. It can be had if if the price is right if if you can if you can do the right things and and get timely hitting timely pitching effective pitching effective hitting all that stuff, you should be able to take that division, but then again, like I said, you might be playing for a wild card spot right it all depends on how how Kansas City plays
0: exactly I
1: mean at this point it is their division, you have to say. But yeah, big move by Detroit picking up Jordan. I thought Zimmerman would have ended up in Boston or in in Chicago, but uh, apparently those two teams did not want to pay the price for Zimmerman. Which I get it, I get it. Um, speaking he's of, like a pretty
0: darn good cheddar.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of Boston, they sign outfielder Chris Young um, of the Yankees. Now, the interesting thing about this is that Chris Young is a right-handed batter, who. Has a WOBA of 496 when pulling the ball. Now the thing about Chris Young is he loves to pull the ball, and uh, there there just so happens to be a 37 foot wall in left field that he can play uh, play pepper with. 82, 81 games is 81 games a season. You know, I mean he's not going to play a lot. I don't think. I mean he'll probably you know play 60, 70 games, but. I don't know if it's going to be a, a strict platoon in left field, or if he's just going to be the fourth outfielder. But I would assume that, you know, against lefties because he, he he's statistically good against lefties. I'm sure he'll see a lot of playing time, um, and at Fenway Park, could probably see a lot of playing time as well. Right. I mean, he's shown he's shown a penchant for being able to put some put some pop into a, into the ball. He's just struggled a lot as of late uh, in the past couple seasons to to regain his form. I mean, he's been getting better, but I feel like if you get a uh, a a smart manager like John Farrell who can, can manage it, try to manage it at least. Uh it, it may do him well.
0: It's not a bad pickup.
1: when you look yeah, at the the sad. fancy stats. You look at the fancy stats, it makes sense. I mean, you pick a guy up because he's he mashes left handed pitching and he's a right handed batter who mashes left handed pitching. So there that right there you're thinking, okay, a right handed pitch a right handed batter who crushes left handed pitching at Fenway Park. That's a plus. Plus a guy who has a penchant for pulling the ball. So a right-handed batter who crushes left-handed pitching and loves to pull. I mean, a lot of people are saying he's – I mean, we we heard it a lot with Adrian Gonzalez where they say he's the perfect Fenway hitter, but this guy may be the perfect made-for-Fenway hitter.
0: Right. Now – You want to talk about the other pickup that uh, must have been? We're
1: we're waiting for that. We're waiting for that. We've still got some more news to talk about. That's the last thing we're going to talk about in baseball. Okay. We're going to let that stew a little. (laughs) All right. The Miami Marlins are looking for a hitting coach. Not sure if you heard about this, Lewis, And apparently they're considering Barry Bonds and may may actually offer Barry Bonds a job. I did hear that. How weird would it be to see Barry Bonds in the Miami Marlins uniforms?
0: That would be very weird. But, I mean, you know, I'm sure he'd be happy to be back in the league. And uh, if you're going to have to teach people about hitting Barry Bonds is not a bad coach to have.
1: No matter the suspicion that surrounds him uh, regarding the steroids uh, and all that stuff, there's no doubt about it. Barry Bonds is one of the best pure hitters we've ever seen in baseball. Absolutely. Before the steroid cloud took him over, before the move to San Francisco, he was a Hall of Famer in Pittsburgh. So, I mean... No doubt about it. Uh, he's he's a, fin- a fantastic hitter. I, I'm assuming he'll be a fantastic teacher if he gets the job. I believe Frank Manichino was also. It was going to be Frank Manichino and, and Barry Bonds that were going to either get. One of them was going to get the job or they were both going to split the job. Um, I'm not too sure about that one, but I, I do believe Bonds will be getting a job offer at least. But I'll be happy to see it. I mean, Barry, like you said, Barry Bonds back in the game makes baseball better. Um, the stories that will come out will be great it will be fun to watch Barry work with a bunch of young hitters. Not to mention Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, the greatest power hitter of our time. Maybe because of steroids, but we can't we can't confirm because he never failed a test. We can only susp- right. we can only be suspicious. So the great power hitter of our era, working with the greatest, potentially the greatest power hitter of our era. Like, come on now. Right? Could you can you imagine Barry Bonds tuning up Giancarlo Stanton's swing? So Giancarlo Stanton no. hits sixty homers a season?
0: I know. I mean that's that if he could that has the potential to make him one of the I mean possibly the best hitter ever.
1: I know we're I know we're kind of putting unreal expectations on this on, on Barry Bonds, but I mean I'm just I'm getting pipe dreaming over here. Like think about it, you know, man, damn. That would be awesome to see Barry Bonds work with Giancarlo Stanton. As long as
0: Barry Bonds isn't like, "Here, dude, take this shot. I know it'll make your head bigger, but you'll be able to swing the bat faster." You know. Whenever you talk
1: about whenever you talk about Barry Bonds, you have to use allegedly. You have to say Barry Bonds allegedly may ask him to use steroids.
0: Right, right. Well, I, I was just saying as long as he doesn't do that.
1: Allegedly doesn't do that. Right. Sorry, I'm just being a smartass. Whenever someone talks about Barry Bonds and tries to tries to tell me, you know, Barry Bonds is on steroids, I'll just be like, Well, he allegedly hit a ton of home runs and he's allegedly one of the greatest hitters that ever played the game, so allegedly he deserves in the Hall of Fame. He belongs to be in the Hall of Fame. And people get really pissed off uh, at me, but that's just my sense of humor, I guess. As, my very, as
0: much as I don't like Barry Bonds, because beyond the whole cloud of suspicion, I heard he was just a
1: He wasn't a very you know, nice guy. No, yeah, he was not a very nice so, guy.
0: So but but he does deserve the hall. Um, but I feel the same way about Mark McGuire. And uh I don't think Mark Maguire was good
1: enough. Like I don't think I don't think Mark McGuire was good enough to, to make the Hall of Fame. Mark Maguire had that 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 seventy home run season where, where it was him and Sosa where that transcended that saved the game of baseball essentially, transcended everything. Um I mean that's why I got into baseball with Mark McGuire. Like I am a right. baseball fan today because of Mark McGuire. I was a child, I saw you know, I was what, ninety nine, so I was eight years old. I saw home runs being hit like crazy. I was a Cardinals fan because of it. Then I smartened up and wisened up because I realized Cardinals fans are terrible people. Uh but that's a different conversation oh for a different day. But uh, yeah, I you know, I still have the Mark Maguire Wheaties box. It's not in great shape, but I still have a Mark McGuire's Wheaties box somewhere, chilling. Um I've got, you know, Mark Maguire bobblehead, stuff like that. Like I'm I'm still a Maguire fan at heart, but I don't believe McGuire did enough to make the Hall of Fame. Whereas Barry Bonds yeah. did more than enough to make the Hall of Fame, and he may end up being in the Hall of Very Good when is all when all is said and done. Yeah, Barry
0: definitely deserves the Hall.
1: We have to do it sometime. I have to figure out when the Hall of Fame, um, when the Hall of Fame induction, or when they when they announce. I think it's January they announce the um, the inductees for the Hall of Fame, so I might have to throw something together soon. But I really, really, really want to get a podcast together uh, with a couple of us to, to talk baseball, to talk Hall of Fame, who should be in, who should be out. Um, it's something I've wanted to do for a while, but I haven't been able to get it together. So maybe maybe I'll throw out some uh, some feelers on the Internet and see if we can get some people together. Sounds good. Now, two signings to talk about. Uh, Atlanta signs pitcher Jim Johnson, Seattle signs outfielder Nori Koi. Uh, I mean, Jim Johnson is, is what it is. They're, they're betting that he'll be better than he was, which may not happen. Maybe he'll find his old form. I'm not sure that's going to happen, but I digress. Um, and Noria Coy, good offensive, uh, good defender out in center, uh, out in the outfield. I believe center field is what he plays, but outfielder nonetheless. Um, be a good pickup for Seattle, trying to improve their outfield depth. Plus, there's you know they're, they're trying to figure out what the hell's going on with that team because. They've got enough talent to make the playoffs. They just bottomed out last year. And yes, they did. Maybe they can throw in a couple pieces here, a couple pieces there, and they can figure it out and get to the playoffs. But for now, they're still working on figuring it out. Right. Also, free agent pitcher Johnny Cueto reportedly turns down the Arizona Diamondbacks. They offered him a, a smaller deal, and he said, no thanks. But at least the market's there for Cueto. I mean – we saw Zimmerman sign. We're going to talk about another big signing here in a minute. But Cueto, they're saying Zach Granke could be signed in the next couple days. And then I'm assuming Cueto would be next. But Cueto may wait it out for a little while. Let the uh, let the coals the stoke on the fire a little and get a little hotter. We'll see. But uh, I'm not sure where Johnny Cueto is going to end up. Just because I know the Red Sox were interested. But there's a lot of questions about his elbow. About how healthy his elbow is. And right. teams are kind of... Scared and afraid to dump that kind of cash into a guy who may have a bad elbow.
0: Right. Which well, Yeah, I don't
1: blame no. him. I mean, in this, in this day and age, where I mean, you can spend as much cash as you want to, but if you know, if you dump a ton of money into a guy who's got a bad elbow, at some point in time, it's gonna it'll blow up in your face, and then it might cost you your job.
0: Exactly. And now. And a lot of money.
1: Sorry you you can finish what you're saying.
0: As I say, have
1: a lot of money for your franchise. Oh yeah, I mean money money for franchises these days is is you know just it's funny money, but it's still money nonetheless. Speaking right. of speaking of funny money, uh, oh, I want to discuss what happened on Wednesday night. The Boston Red Sox make the move of free agency. So far, they announced well they haven't announced it yet, but it's been confirmed by multiple sources that um The Boston Red Sox signed pitcher David Price to a 7-year, 217 million dollar contract. Now, first reaction is just wow. Wow. Like this is, you know, I I I instantly thought a lot a lot of money, long term. I expected a ton of cash though. I mean, I I honestly from from Probably when Price was traded to Detroit, I was thinking, you know, he's going to end up, probably end up in Boston. Like once, once the he and did once say he was, that once, once yeah, once he was traded to Toronto and and all the draft picks were gone. Um, like once he was out of Tampa, I was like, okay, he's you know maybe maybe there's a chance he ends up in Boston, and then when he went to Toronto. And then the Red Sox struggled without John Lester. I was like, you know what? David Price is probably the guy. Uh, but like I said, once he went to Toronto and lost the draft pick, that that made him a little more valuable in free agency. Um, now, the Red Sox aren't too far off base because the St. Louis Cardinals offered 7-200 and 200 for him. So th- there, the market was there for David Price. That was the market. It was $200 million. But the thing I like about the deal is there's an opt-out after three years. And we all know in baseball, with an opt-out, it's either you're really bad and we're not going to pay you anymore or you're better than expected so we're going to have to pay you more. Right. Either way, you're out of it after three years. So a 33-year-old pitcher, the Red Sox may not be inclined to spend forty, thirty, forty million million a year on a 33-year-old pitcher or someone else might. Or if David Price struggles and goes, you know, say say he pitches 500 the next three years and, and has like a four ERA. So they might be able to get him back for those next four years at a discounted rate because he was not good. Right. Either way, I think it was a very it's a very shrewd move for the new the new management for Dave DeMr. But I, I feel like it was the right move that had to be made because you're not going to be able to acquire a pitcher like David Price without giving up the farm. And at this point in time, the Red Sox are still trying to keep a hold on their valuable prospects and to develop them, to hopefully have them come up to Boston and replace current guys.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, good for Boston. Yes. To me, that's a lot of money to spend on a guy who can't win to the playoffs. So, it may work out for Boston since they haven't been making the playoffs.
1: That's a very, very tight rope of narrative that you're walking on right now. You do realize that, right, Lewis?
0: I'll just say, you know, did they make the playoffs last year?
1: No, but they've been terrible. They've been, besides winning the World Series, they've been horrible. But that's why they make a move like this, because they let John Lester walk, which, looking back on it, that was probably a mistake. I'm sure if they yeah. could have redone last offseason, they would have paid the cash for John Lester to stay. Would right. it have made them any better last year? I'm not too sure. But the problem with the Boston Red Sox has just been ineffectiveness. They put their their That's eggs true. in a, they put their eggs in a basket. They put their eggs in the Rick Porcello Wade Miley basket, and. Nothing came of it. I mean, Wade Miley didn't pitch terrible last year. Rick Porcello was terrible the first half of the year. Clay Buchholz was terrible the first month of the year and then got super healthy or was super good, and then his health was like, "Yeah, we're going to be shitty again, which that's Clay Buchholz in a nutshell. He pitches great. Right. He gets hurt. Um, right. The Red Sox invested a ton of money in Rick Porcello, uh, which might that come back to bite them in the ass? Absolutely. But in this day and age where... Power pitching is what you need to win in baseball. Uh, I mean, Rick Porcello was a power pitcher before, besides last year where he was kind of finessing things, which is really odd. But uh, Rick it, Porce- a, a rotation of David Price, Rick Porcello, Clay Buchholz, uh, maybe Wade Miley and Eduardo Rodriguez, that's not too bad. Or Eduardo Rodriguez is your four, Wade Miley is your five. That's not bad at all. I mean, it's
0: that, that's not bad at all.
1: If they do their job, it's not bad.
0: But let me ask you a question. Absolutely. What's David Price's record in the postseason?
1: It's not good. It's 0-8. and eight. But I don't think it's so much David Price as it is just what he decides to throw.
0: He was winning so if you... his last start for the Toronto Blue Jays in the postseason this year, and he collapsed in that game. He's 0-8 in the postseason.
1: I understand. He's
0: been to the World Series and has not been able to win a game.
1: I understand. That's That's a a risk you have to
0: take. I'm saying that's a lot of money to spend on someone who chokes under pressure.
1: And I decided to look into it because obviously now I have to defend it because he's on my side. Uh, But But, but from, from from, from what I was gathering is that it's not so much He's a bad pitcher or he's unlucky. It's just his pitch selection is not as good as it could be, and the pitches he is throwing, he's not getting any movement on them. So everything is just sitting flat or not in the right spot, which obviously we all know what that means. Right, if which is happened. You, well, yeah, if you can't locate your pitches, and it, 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 right. maybe it's, maybe it's a, a, an effect of who he's playing with or who his catcher may be or who his manager may be, we don't know. We'll right. find out. Which
0: I understand your side of the argument, but if I've been playing with this catcher all season, 180-some-odd games, uh, and I, I go out there once every five days, so let's say I get 30 quality starts, and I've been doing very well with the same catcher who's now the same catcher I'm having in the postseason, and the game plan doesn't really change, but I can't win during the postseason.
1: It's all about a, it's a game to game. That's too broad of a stroke. That's way too broad of a stroke to try and paint with right there. It's a game by game thing where if, if the catcher's not calling a good game and you're not locating your pitches well, I mean it's it's on both of you. But well, then, you uh, know, a, good catcher, a good catcher Go should a good catcher should know. Hey, look it, I know you don't have your best fastball tonight. You're not locating it very well. Let's try something else. Right. Instead of, instead, it, of instead of instead of saying, "Hey, you're throwing a fastball at 92, 93. We might be able to blow a body of them." Let's keep throwing a fastball. Or let's let's throw a, you know, a something else." Like maybe, I agree maybe with you. it'll be maybe when he comes cuz we've seen it happen before right? when guys come to Boston or guys go to New York or guys go to uh big big cities. Big, big teams, big city teams, they changed the philosophy. And if there's one thing about the Red Sox I've I've known and come to love, it's the fact that they've been able to bring guys in and say, look, it, this is what you used to do. While we like that and we're going to use that, we're going to kind of push it to the side and do something else and make you more effective. So I, I would... Be surprised if we don't see David Price throwing more off-speed stuff, trying to trying to change the the sight lines, trying to confuse batters a little more. Because he's still a very 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 good pitcher. We saw that in the in the last quarter third of the season when he was with Detroit, when he was with Toronto. Um, but I almost feel like sometimes teams, being managers and being catchers and, and so, it may fall in love with the fact that David Price is such a strong pitcher that when it comes to the postseason, you and I both know, Lewis, like, yeah, power pitching is nice in the postseason, but if you're not able to power pitch, you have to finesse. And if you can't finesse it, you're screwed because you're just going to get blown up. And and then those games last year with David Price with the Blue Jays, that's what it looked like what happened. Price was able to overpower the Royals, and then once they picked up on what was happening, instead of trying to change it up, David Price was like, I'm just going to continue to try to power it by you, and he's getting lit up. And that's exactly what happened.
0: Yeah, you know, I just think it's incredible that you know if it's a combination of both the pitcher and the catcher that they were both tremendous during the regular season, but once they get to the postseason, now they really suck. Although, we all, and we all know too.
1: We all know too that the postseason is a different kind of monster.
0: Although that same catcher is doing really well with the other pitchers.
1: Like I said, man, it's a it's a case by case basis. It's a pitcher by it's a pitcher catcher thing. You'd be yeah, surprised. Well, there, it's crazy. It's crazy how Clayton Kershaw can pitch real well with a catcher, but then the next guy shows up and he's a pile of garbage. I'll
0: it, just say, all, it, it all
1: depends on. It all depends on what kind of game you're having, uh, what you can throw, how effective you can throw, what kind of game the catcher's calling, what kind of game the other teams having. There's a lot of there's a lot of variables. A lot of
0: variables. I, so I absolutely we're trying, agree. We're, we're,
1: in, in the sake of in the sake for the sake of time, we're trying to paint with a very broad stroke. But I get what you're saying, but. You also have to understand, in 2015, this is the price you pay for admission. You have to pay a ton of cash if you want an ace. And aces don't grow on trees. And well, I agree. If, if David Price being phenomenal in the regular season sets you up for a good postseason run, but he's not great in the postseason, you have to deal with that. You sign yourself up for that. So say the Red Sox can't figure David Price's postseason troubles out. Okay? Say that they can't figure it out. They have to adapt and adjust. Uh, adapt or die like i always say you have to you have to figure it out or lose that's that simple as that so maybe you you pitch david price three innings and then you have another a long guy who can go f- four innings and then you give it to the bullpen or say you pitch david price as long as you can but have someone always warming up in the bullpen once he starts to get into trouble so you can pull him quick because i think that's another thing with david price too that a lot of a lot of teams have done in the past don't give him the benefit of the doubt i understand he's your ace i understand you're putting a lot a lot on him. I mean, if he pulls through, it's amazing. But if he doesn't, it's going to be very bad. Like Toronto learned last year. Uh, They had the opportunity to pull David Price a couple times and just were like, it's David Price. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And then it blew up in their face, and then they went home, and Kansas City went on to win the World Series. So it all depends on how John Farrell coaches him this year and how the pitching pitching coach coaches him this year and how the staff handles him. But I don't think it's going to be bad, like I said. And if it is bad, three years. That's not the worst thing to happen to the Boston Red Sox. No doubt. They once signed Carl Crawford to a seven-year contract. I mean, that's not the worst thing that's going to happen to them.
0: As a Yankees fan, I hope the experiment doesn't work out for you.
1: I'm not surprised that you would say that. <laughs> but for the sake of for the sake of conversation, I do appreciate it.
0: No
1: problem. Now moving over to football really quick. We're going to run down some news. A lot of, lot of, lot of news this week. Uh, Peyton Manning is out for at least two more weeks with, with his foot injury. He uh, is in a walking boot, as we saw on Sunday Night Football. Um, Seattle running back Marshawn Lynch could miss up to five weeks with an abdominal injury. He underwent surgery. Uh, St. Louis wide receiver Stedman Bailey was shot in the head twice during the week. He is in I I last I checked uh stable but cr- critical but stable condition. Uh we'll give you more updates as we uh as we get those. Adam oh, so Schefter. Did you it's
0: say not, he was shot twice in the head?
1: Shot twice in the head, yeah.
0: I did not hear that. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, he was in my he's he's uh serving a four game suspension right now for substance I think it was either PEDs or substance abuse. I can't remember exactly. But, um, yeah, he was shot in the head in Miami. Apparently his cousin was killed shielding Stedman Bailey. I'm actually going to try to look for an update here right now as we speak. Uh, but, yeah, very unfortunate. Just, you know, hopefully he gets better. It says he's able to write his name. Sports reports that two days ago he's able to sign his name after surgery. Um, that is. He had extensive surgery on the two bullets. Was in a medically induced coma to have the swelling in his brain go down. Um, yeah, he's serving a four-game suspension for a substance abuse policy. So hopefully he gets better and uh, improves and can not even – don't even worry about football right now. Just come back and, and be um, be normal, be, be human again. Yeah, be verbal. Be be just a human, please, because, like, you know, it's, it's just – it's just, it's Crazy. tough to see stuff. It's tough to see stuff like this happen.
0: Oh,
1: no. Uh, I'm just trying to double check something real fast as I'm reading about this. Yeah, it was it was Miami. Medically induced coma, six hour surgery, all that stuff. Not not good news, but like I said, we'll keep you posted. Um, Adam Schefter says the Chip Kelly Eagle and the Eagles part ways, quote, signs are piling up. Now here's a question I have for you, Lewis. I've wondered this all week and was so happy when the Eagles laid a duck on uh, on Thanksgiving, does Chip Kelly quit first, or does Chip Kelly get fired first?
0: Get fired. I think Chip Kelly thinks he can still keep coach that team effectively, and and I, I I I would imagine at the end of the season, if the Eagles don't make the postseason, which in the NFC East right now, you never really know what's going to happen. Uh, he gets fired.
1: That's fair. I, I figured he would go maybe the route of Nick Saban and just say, Screw you guys, I'm going home. But if he wants another job in the National Football League, ride the ride the storm out, try to finish the season. They still might be able to make the playoffs with how bad the NFC East has been. Um they still could make the playoffs, but Chip Kelly, no matter what, he his it seems like his, his coaching ways in, in Philadelphia have have grown old, rubbed some people the wrong way, and it, it's probably time for him to leave. Yeah, probably. Speaking of Thanksgiving football, Dallas quarterback Tony Romo refractures his collarbone. There's a hairline fracture in it. He's not headed to the IR though, because apparently there's a there's a chance that if the Cowboys make the playoffs and Romo's healthy, he'll that he'll that he'll play. And the Cowboys still could make the playoffs. I thought it was I thought that loss against the Panthers would eliminate them, but at three and eight, they're only two games back in the division. I mean, there's only five weeks All left right. of football. They need a ton, a ton, a ton of help, but they can still make it happen. Yes, they
0: can which is
1: crazy. Uh, Buffalo defensive tackle, Kyle Williams to the injured reserve, uh, out for the season with a knee injury. There's talks that he could be a cap casualty this offseason. that would save the Bills roughly $5 million if they cut him. Um, another Williams, Mario Williams, probably will be cut or restructured because he, he'll save the Bills $12 million if they cut him or restructure his contract, depending. Um, Seattle tight end, Jimmy Graham, out for the year with a torn patellar tendon in his knee. Uh, he should be back next season, no problem. New England tight end Rob Gronkowski has a knee sprain and a bone bruise. What originally looked like a devastating knee injury to Rob Gronkowski turns out to be just a slightly minor issue. Um, there's probably some, some tearing of the of the ligament in the knee or some cartilage in the knee because obviously a sprain is a tear. But the bone bruise is probably going to be the worst part about it because those, those are nasty and it takes some time to heal. He's weak to weak right now, but they do expect him to return relatively soon. Um that would have been a huge loss for the New England Patriots if they lost Rob Gronkowski. That's a true story. I mean, they've already lost are, Deion Lewis. Yeah. They've they've lost they've lost a couple wide receivers, they've lost some defenders. To lose your number one pass catcher. Right. I mean, they, they lost we, we'll talk about it in a minute, but they, they lost their first game of the season in overtime. Uh, but, you know, the Patriots are still the team to beat in the AFC.
0: That's true. Actually, Brian, I hate to do this to you, but you may have to finish the podcast on your own. I have to uh, get out of the car and go vomit.
1: All right, can you just tell me really quick, who do you have, Kansas City?
0: I'm sorry, Kansas City or what? What? Oakland.
1: You never gave me a a pick for that.
0: Oh, I did it? Kansas City.
1: All right, sounds good. You can go puke.
0: I'm sorry about that, man. It's
1: okay. I hope you feel better. Thanks, bro. Later. Bye. Bye. Okay. Two last news stories before we move over to the Pick'Em section of the week. Arizona running back Chris Johnson fractured his tibia. up. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you what. There's nothing better than when you can rickroll yourself. Now, back to the sports talk after Lewis left us. What happens? The reason I got rickrolled, I'll explain it to you real fast. When I go into Uber Conference to record the podcast, I set my wait music as, um, never going to give you up. I don't even know who sings the song. I'm a child of the era of rickrolling, so I know it by, that's a rickroll song. Anyways, uh, once Perez hung up, it was only me in the, in the conference. So I'm waiting for someone to show up. No one shows up. The music plays. So it happens, whatever. Arizona running back Chris Johnson, a fractured tibia last week. He's on the IR designated to return. Uh, He can return the NFC Championship game, which, let's be honest, I'm expecting Arizona to be there, so we'll probably see Chris Johnson play football again this year. Also, real quick, Cleveland quarterback Josh McCown is out for the year with a broken collarbone, so I guess uh, Cleveland may play Johnny Manziel, although it looks like they're going to go with Austin Davis, who they played last week over Johnny Manziel. So whatever you're doing, Cleveland, you're doing something, that's for sure, because, you know, you guys are you, – you're hilarious. You 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 put a smile on my face, and I'll talk about that in just a second. Um, but you guys are wonderful. I, I do want to, to discuss some breaking news really fast. A very, very big trade – well, I mean, b- big, you know, for December 2nd. A big trade in baseball just going across the wire. Padres send first baseman Yonder Alonzo and left-handed pitcher Mark Zepchinski – to the Oakland Athletics for left-handed pitcher Drew Pomeranz and minor league pitcher Jose Torres. So our first kind of big deal of the offseason. Also, Bob Guerin leaves the New York Mets to head to the Los Angeles Dodgers to be their bench coach uh, for Dave Roberts. And Gabe Kapler, who was a, a reported finalist for the job, is also expected to head over to that coaching staff as well. He is the farm director, I believe, at this point in time. Um, now looking back at last week, week 12 pick'ems before we move to week 13, uh, was a, wasn't a very good week for, I mean, John had a great week. John went 10 and six. I went nine and seven. Lewis went seven to nine. My record, I lead uh 106 to 70, 106 and 70 to 103, 73 for Lewis. And John has 96 wins and 78 losses in the pick'em section. Now we didn't expect Green Bay to lose. That was across the board bad, um, Surprise! New Orleans got blown up by Houston, but Houston is a good football team these days, and they're in the playoffs at this point in time. Uh, didn't expect Washington to beat the Giants, but they did. Um, I jokingly, as you know from last week, I'm stupid, and I stayed in the Bills bandwagon for too long, and I continue to do that, but, you, you, you know, I, I guess fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice. I'm just a stupid Bills fan, so... Jacksonville lost to San Diego. San Diego's is a, a weird football team. They're they're very good at quarterback with Phil Rivers, but everything else is kind of meh. And Jacksonville has been okay. And Jacksonville did not show up, and San Diego beat them. Uh, we all picked New England to beat Denver, and Denver beat New England, which we we discussed that. And Cleveland losing to Baltimore. The fun part about that one is we all picked Cleveland to win, and Cleveland almost did win, except the Browns decided to brown. The Browns, Browns going to Brown, I guess, essentially is the way to put it. Um, They go to kick a game-winning field goal, and it's blocked and returned for a touchdown. So it is a walk-off, blocked field goal, returned for a touchdown. And if you have the internet or are on Twitter, well, you should have the internet if you're listening to this podcast, but if you get a chance, just go Google Sad Browns fan or go, go check a Twitter search, Sad Browns fan. You'll find some wonderful, wonderful videos of sad, depressed Browns fans tearing their clothes off, yelling, screaming, being angry. About the fact that they're Browns fans, and while it's hard to feel bad about them at that point, um, I mean, the Browns Browns fans are gonna Browns. I guess, like I said, Browns Browns the Browns are gonna Brown. That's all I can say about that. Moving over to Week 13 now. A couple, we have three games that we don't agree on. Uh, Lewis and I have the Giants. John has the Jets. Lewis and I have the Bills. John has the Texans, which I almost went Houston on this one. But you know what? If I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down with the ship. Why not, right? And uh, Dallas, Lewis and I have Dallas over Washington, and John has Washington. So we'll be back to discuss that more next week. I'm going to wrap this bad boy up pretty quickly because it's only me, and I don't want to talk anymore. So that's a surprise. I know. Watch out. I like to talk, and I don't want to talk anymore. Just back off. Anyways, uh, I want to say thank you to Lewis for, for joining me this week uh, under the weather, as he mentioned, throwing up, um, getting off the podcast to throw up. Hopefully, he feels better. He is at MRLG, MRLG Perez on Twitter, Instagram, all the social media platforms. I am Ryan Wolf at, uh, at WolfBLTD on Twitter. Check out BLTDSports.com. We're a real good piece this week about Rex Ryan and, and how this season has gone belly up from the. Crazy expectations in the offseason. I, I hope you would check it out and, and enjoy it. Let me know what you think. Uh, also, endless Buffalo Sabres coverage. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Sports, Facebook.com backslash BLTDPodcast. Also, check out Gearnetwork.com for the latest on Get Ready America and all the other podcasts that Gearnetwork uh, does give to us. So, with that being said, uh, again, I am Ryan Wolf. We are better live than dead. You are not. We will see you same time, same place next week, my friends. Thanks again for joining us. Have a good weekend.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.